Welcome to Single at 30, the manual for the modern woman that we are writing together. No topic is taboo as we explore and publicly air the uncomfortable and the unspoken. So, are you in? Hello to all my modern women. I am so excited to be back in the studio with another solo app. It is so crazy to think that we are nearing the end of season three, but this topic is one that I'm sure a lot of you will be able to relate to, if not all of you, so let's jump right in. So, we all know that after a breakup, there's an expectation that we would just move on, right? Or at the very least, move on eventually. That we would just somehow magically switch off any feelings we once had for that person and get on with our lives like the relationship never happened. But here's the thing. What if you can't? What if the impulse to think about an ex becomes all-consuming? And what if that impulse goes on for months, even years? What if it never goes away? This sadly has been the case for me before, as well as a lot of women I know. It's interesting because there are partners we've all forgotten about literally seconds after the relationship ended. We're like, okay, thanks, bye, and move on to the next person. And yet, there are other partners we've had that haunt us for months, years, and even decades in some cases. It makes total sense, but often the more painful or traumatic the breakup is, the more we think about them after the relationship ends, which is annoying because often the more painful the breakup is, the more desperate we are to move on forget about them. But instead, we relive past moments with them over and over again in our heads and ponder what could have happened had things been different. In my case, there have been exes I literally thought I'd never stop thinking about. I had surrendered to the fact that I would never be free from the memory of them and never able to fully move on because of it. Irrespective of how much I intellectually knew the relationship was over and how wrong we were for one another or how little feelings I had for them anymore, I kid you not, I felt crazed with incessant memories and intrusive thoughts about them that would literally plague me morning, noon and night and often even appear in my dreams only to then wake up and have to relive the same psychological torture the next day. It seriously felt like a form of insanity, and there were times I seriously questioned whether it would ever stop. It was as if my mind was stuck in this, like, loop that kept replaying the past, and I tried literally everything to make it end as well. You name it, I did it. I mean, things like meditation, yoga, exercise, kinesiology. I also worked with mindset coaches, and in my darkest moments, I even prayed to make it end. And yet, it would keep happening time after time. I remember when I first broke up with one particular ex, I literally could not stop obsessing over the relationship and its breakdown. To be fair, it was a particularly traumatic breakup, so it wasn't surprising that it took a while to get over, but there was a time where the memories and thoughts were so bad, I remember questioning whether I should be put in a straitjacket and sent off to a mental asylum. And like, I kid now, but certain scenarios were replaying over and over again in my head. It was like living in a sort of psychological hell. And like thinking back, I actually, I really just, I do not know how I survived that period of my life. And like I said, I've witnessed others go through the very same thing, ruminating about what happened or what didn't happen or what could have happened. For some, they fantasize about what their lives would have looked like had they not broken up with their ex. Questions like, would they be happy or would life be better? And for a few, the torment takes a darker turn, causing them to be plagued with questions like, what's the point of living? As they struggle to break free from this cycle of grief, pain and longing. 
the worst is when you just happen to run into the ex, whether it's on the street or at a cafe or with friends, and you're confronted with the real-life version of them, which is basically a stranger compared with the endless memories of them in your head, which makes you feel like you were literally just with them. And yet, of course, you weren't just with them. They, like you, have moved on with their lives. The only difference being one of you remains haunted by the memory of your former relationship. So the question is, after a breakup, why do we keep thinking about and even obsessing over our ex? Unsurprisingly, there has been a lot of varying schools of thought on this matter. For example, psychologists Albert Wakin and Dorothy Tenov claim we can be obsessed with our ex to the point where it becomes dangerous. They refer to it as limerence, which is when we spend a lot of time trying to get over an ex, but for whatever reason are completely unable to move on. It's not just your usual heartbreak, it becomes a sort of like pathological problem. And this would explain the insanity I touched on before, but there's actually more to it. If you don't already know, dopamine is the primary neurochemical responsible for our experience of pleasure. Anything that triggers a rush of dopamine causes the brain to assign importance to it and in turn basically pursue more of it. This dopamine-induced euphoria is the same kind of high we get when we fall in love, right? This is because when we experience love, the brain releases high amounts of dopamine, which gives love this addictive quality. That's why people often talk about being lovesick or constantly craving around their partner 24-7 in the beginning of a relationship. And according to these same psychologists, the sensation of limerence is similar but oftentimes worse. Essentially, when you break up with an ex, your brain still needs to fulfill that love craving, but because you never see your ex again, that craving isn't satisfied and instead you experience limerence. And the crazy part is the need for the other person doesn't dissipate with time and instead actually only becomes stronger with time. Their research reveals that people who experienced limerence suffered from obsessive thoughts about their exes as much as 95% of the time. And they noticed that these obsessive thoughts often lasted more than a year for their subjects. According to their research, this OCD-like tendency to long for someone actually isn't as uncommon as you might think and could explain why we so often create a fantasy about the one that got away. What's super interesting as well is that Waken thinks the problem is common enough that he hopes that obsessive love or limerence will be included in a future edition of the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders. So in case you've ever felt crazy after a breakup, just know you're not alone. Another school of thought has to do with the X-Factor theory. This psychologist called Stephen Poulter came up with it, and when I was going through my obsessive phase, literally every one of the things he lists resonated with me. Basically, he defines the X-Factor theory as the accumulation of lost dreams, broken promises, disillusionment, regret, emotional setbacks, disenchantment with past romantic partners, and unrealistic expectations. Then there's what psychologists Emile Levine and Rachel Heller call the phantom ex phenomenon. Basically, in this situation, your ex becomes larger than life. You put your ex on this, like, pedestal where you only remember the good times and very conveniently forget the reason you broke up in the first place. Because of this, you find yourself romanticizing the relationship and reminiscing about your long-lost love, who in reality didn't actually really exist to begin with. And I truly believe every single one of us who have been in a relationship that has come to an end has experienced this phenomenon to some extent before. And according to these psychologists, This fixation with the ex blocks you from getting close to someone else because the knowledge that they're out there makes any new partner seem insignificant by comparison. 
And I can definitely relate to this because when I was going through my obsessive phase, I would literally compare everyone to my ex. I would also turn dates down with anyone new because I basically concluded that no one would ever live up to what I once had, which is crazy when I think about it because I didn't even want to get back with my ex. What's even more interesting is that Levine and Heller claim this phantom ex fantasy is popular among people with avoidant attachment styles because they can use it as an excuse to not get close to anyone, right? Like previous apps have touched on, an avoidant person wants a relationship but also doesn't want the responsibility of what's involved with getting close to anyone. So basically being obsessed with someone they can't have is ideal. And looking back, I actually think while I was in that obsessive phase, I actually did have quite an avoidant attachment style. And only once I worked through a lot of trauma from that relationship and others before it, was I able to adopt a secure attachment style and date again. Regardless of which theory you subscribe to, though, the good news is you're not insane. This isn't your fault, and you're certainly not alone. And if there's anything to blame, it's actually your brain. Like I mentioned before, we are literally hardwired to fall addictively in love. And not only that, we're hardwired to need each other and to bond together. And when those bonds are broken, we experience things like limerence or the phantom X phenomenon. And this is all part of a natural, biological process which causes us to despair, obsess, and crave. Even the fact that we tend to romanticize the good times and completely neglect all the bad traits and behaviors that led to the breakup to begin with has to do with the way our brains are programmed. Our brains are literally so smart that they will remind us of the good times only rather than the bad ones to keep us as happy and healthy as possible. And as amazing as that is, what it means is that our memory of a past relationship is very rarely an accurate recall of what actually took place. Which also means if you were to get back with your ex, you may actually be in for a bit of a surprise. It would actually be super interesting now that I think about it to conduct a study to see the percentage of exes that get back together after a breakup and actually stay back together. Nowadays, I'll literally run into the same exes I used to obsess over and wonder to myself, what on earth did I ever see in them? And yet there was a time I couldn't get them off my mind. What we now know is that because of how our brain works, that so-called obsession is just an addiction. Research actually shows that thinking about an ex and replaying memories of them reactivates the same physiological processes that actual interactions activate too. So basically, we revisit memories of our ex in an attempt to get our hit of them. And the more we continue to feed those neural pathways by thinking of and obsessing over our ex, the more we in turn feed the addiction. This is because the emotional part of our brains cannot actually tell the difference between what you're thinking about and what's actually happening in front of you, which in a nutshell reveals the unbelievable power each and every one of our thoughts has in terms of creating our reality. The flip side of chasing that fix, though, is that when we try to stop thinking about the ex, we experience relationship withdrawals the same way a junkie coming off a drug does. Dr. Lisa Marie Bobby has even coined the term exaholic. She defines an exaholic as anyone who is addicted to a toxic, hurtful relationship that they can't let go of or who is struggling with intense emotional pain in the aftermath of a breakup. She says an exaholic is someone tormented by thoughts of a lost lover and maybe nursing hopes of a reunion. Exaholics know they should let it go, but they can't. They want to move on, but don't know how. What's interesting is that according to Dr. Bobby, even if 80% of the relationship basically sucked, the addict will focus on the 20% of the time when it didn't. And she literally treats getting over an ex like kicking a chemical habit. So there's a lot, but what does it all mean? 
According to Dr. Bobby, getting addicted to the wrong person can be one of the most harrowing experiences a person can live through. She claims it can ruin a life just as thoroughly as having a profound addiction to a substance, but be more confusing and difficult to recover from. So I guess the next question then is what do we do about it? The good news for any fellow addicts is that Dr. Bobby says, if you are ready to admit that your continued attachment to your ex is a problem, you've arrived at the doorstep of healing. Speaking from experience though, it's going to take some time to break the habit of being addicted to your ex, but there are some super useful tips to quit romanticizing them. Number one, like Dr. Bobby says, accepting you have an unhealthy fixation is the first step to being able to put a stop to it. Number two, knock your ex off the pedestal you once had them on. They, like you and everyone else around you, are not perfect or impossible to replace. And number three, please stop the if-only delusions. I spent so much time playing the if-only game in my head. Things like, if only XYZ was different, we would still be together. Or if only I tried harder. Or if only we went on that holiday together, it would have saved our relationship. To my modern women, if only thoughts are shame-based and completely counterproductive to the healing process. They're basically a complete waste of time and not founded in reality. They also put the onus of the relationship breakdown on you and you alone, which is obviously not true and completely unreasonable. It is so important to replace if only thoughts of what could have been with what actually took place in real life. And seriously, ask yourself when they do take place, is it really true that if you were to go back in time and be able to fulfill your if only thoughts, things would actually be different? or that your ex-partner would actually be different? Like are you and you alone really to blame for the relationship breakdown? I mean, think about it, seriously. If your ex cheated on you, how many if-only thoughts will save the relationship? The trick is to focus on the rational part of your brain rather than the emotional. No amount of if-only thoughts will cure things like incompatible communication styles, values, or lack of trust. Number four, please, please, please stop self-shaming. The amount of time I spent doing this, I actually came across this counselor called John Bradshaw who said sometimes the most intense and painful ruminations are what he calls obsessive shaming thoughts. He says these shame-based thoughts are the insidious, dominant, negative inner voice that are experienced either partially conscious or unconscious. And basically, these are the critical inner voices that cause super toxic emotions, such as feelings of unworthiness or not being enough. And it is absolutely essential to get rid of this type of thinking. Things like, it's all my fault the relationship didn't work out, or I'm so pathetic for being single. When thoughts like this pop up, try to replace them with anti-shaming thoughts like, it's not my fault my ex wasn't the one for me, or I will find love again, or I will learn from my past experiences, or even something like, I'm whole on my own. If you replace false self-shaming thoughts with reality-based thoughts, what you actually will be doing is changing how you feel about both yourself and the breakup for the better. According to Dr. Bobby in her book, there are also a bunch of other skills you can actually explore, including like mindfulness skills, thought stopping skills, distract and replace skills, present moment awareness skills, acceptance and commitment skills, and cognitive and emotional skills. And I highly recommend reading her book for some insight into each one of those. But I have to say mindfulness skills are a great tool because it teaches you how to be present. Thoughts about your ex are literally time travelers, right? We tend to identify with every intrusive and incessive thought that pops into our heads. We're all guilty of it, but when we practice mindfulness, we're able to separate ourselves from what we are thinking about and what is actually taking place in the present moment. And the more we do that, the more we are able to separate ourselves from the obsessive thoughts that reinforce things like our addiction to our ex. Like I said before, when I went through my obsessive phase, I turned to meditation, which of course involves a lot of mindfulness work, and I can honestly say it was a game changer. 
in terms of offering some form of like respite from the relentless torment of my thoughts. But you can't just meditate the one time and think you'll be cured. It's like going to the gym once and thinking you'll be fit or toned. The same way you have to do weights repeatedly in order to build your muscles, you have to meditate consistently in order to build your mental muscles. The key here is consistency. But then, of course, there is number five, which is all about surrender. I'm sorry to say, but sometimes the only way out is through. There is literally no time limit with these things. But whether it was an island romance or a long-term relationship, you just have to ride the wave of healing. I think the most important thing we can do is forgive ourselves for anything we may have done that we wish we could change. That may be things like not telling our ex how we felt at the time or letting our ex go or even behaving in toxic ways such as acting jealous, selfish or ungrateful. This causes guilt and regret, right? And unless you work through these feelings, it can cause you to get stuck on an ex. I would try to use the relationship as a learning experience and an opportunity for growth rather than getting caught in the past reliving moments you can't change. As hard as it is, I've come to realize that the purpose of any form of pain in life is to reveal areas in our own lives that we need to work on, right? Seriously, try to use the insight you've gained from your past to improve upon the relationships you have now or in the future. But if you're looking for closure, just know that it comes from within. According to Dr. Bobby, closure is a fantasy that many exaholics hold on to long after they've crossed the line of letting go. She says the myth of closure tricks you into believing that there will be a Hollywood moment, a final ending that wraps everything up in a neat bow of understanding and will allow you to feel at peace with your past. In my experience, I came to realize that instead of hoping for closure, it's important to focus on creating a new narrative, a narrative that recognizes that the person you were when you were with your ex no longer exists the same way they too no longer exist. Therefore, all you have is the future, and moving forward is up to you to decide what type of person you want to be, as well as what type of person you want to attract and how you want to live your life. And one last word of advice, whatever you do, never, ever, ever stalk the ex. Mute, block, delete, whatever it takes, just know you're better than that. Thank you so much for listening to this Single at 30 solo episode, How to Stop Obsessing Over the X. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review and hit follow and subscribe. If you have any questions, feedback, or even an episode idea, DM me on Instagram at single underscore at underscore 30 or join the Single at 30 closed Facebook group to become part of the community where together with other like-minded modern women, we publicly air the uncomfortable and the unspoken. As always, no topic is taboo as we search for answers to the questions most people are too ashamed to ask. This is Single 30, the manual for the modern woman that we're writing together.